welcome to the Executive Real Estate Investing Show. This podcast is for you, the busy business owner or executive looking to create generational wealth. Here, we're going to show you how to do that through real estate investing, from multifamily to industrial and everything in between. You will become a real estate investing expert. And now, here's your host, Michael Holman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Executive Real Estate Investing Show. And I'm your host, as always, Michael Holman. We have an awesome show for you today. Jenny Gu and Stephen Louie, they're with Vertical Street Partners. They're awesome. I'm going to go ahead and introduce them here in just a second. Uh, a lot of great things to say. And they've actually come from a very corporate background. I mean, they've worked for some of the largest companies in the world. And you're going to hear some of those names that they've worked for and talk about why they got into real estate, why they, you know, they made a transition. They made a progression that a lot of people make, right? You get started in single family homes, then you move to a little bit, you know, some duplexes or fourplexes or things like that. Next thing you know, you're thinking, man, I'm doing really well and I got to keep growing this. I got to go to multifamily and I got to scale. And they made that jump, right? They got in as limited partners. They've started doing some general partner. Awesome. Super fun to walk through both of their journeys um, in this episode and really excited to get into that. If you have not yet left us a rating or review or shared the podcast, please do so. We love hearing from you. We want to get this out to as many people as possible. So please go to, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, no matter what it is, go ahead, please leave us a rating, leave us a review and share this episode, share this series. Also, go to executivereishow.com and sign up for a newsletter. If you haven't signed up for a newsletter, it's starting to snowball. We're trying to get a lot of people who are really excited about this newsletter. Uh, it breaks down the episode. It also goes through and gives you a blog post. It keeps you up to date on what's happening in real estate investing world. So go ahead, get on the website. You can also view all the past episodes. You can leave an executive question. If you want your question answered on the show, go ahead and check it out, executivereishow.com. And lastly, before we get into this episode, time for the executive tip. And today's executive tip is start with why. And you're going to find throughout this episode, Jenny especially talks about this all the time, and it's so fantastic. You need to start with what is driving you, right? Because that is what's going to get you through the difficulty. That's what's going to give you get you through the, what the perceived failures. That's what's going to get you through any of those hard times, right? Is starting with why. And it's also what's going to make you the happiest, right? If you're doing something that you truly honestly feel is the most important thing you could be doing, that is extremely motivating. So today's executive tip, start with why. Now let's get into this episode with Jenny and Steven. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Executive Real Estate Investing Show. I'm your host, Michael Holman. We got a great show here today. We got Jenny Gu and Steven Louie. They're both with Vertical Street Ventures. Really excited. This is actually one of the first times that we've had two guests at the same time. So I'm really excited to gain all of the insight. Uh, really exciting because both of these people actually came 
uh, from corporate America recently started Vertical Street and had just been taken off ever since. So we're going to get a great and fascinating story on how they did all of that and what it's been like for their journey. But Jenny, Stephen, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Michael. Perfect. Well, well, Stephen, love to start with you. Maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll hear from Jenny. Absolutely. You know, thank, first off, thanks, Michael, for having us on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, just a little bit about my background. Corporate America guy all my life. Uh, recently exited Corporate America just uh, at the end of 2020. But uh, I call my journey uh, cubicle to corner office, right? So I, start, <laughs> I, I started as a group underwriter on the financial side for a healthcare health plan and uh, uh, quickly realized that I didn't want to sit uh, at a desk all my life and uh, moved <laughs> over to a more business development sales type role working for a large organization called MetLife. I uh, was highly successful as a institutional uh, sales rep and did that. And what did they do with all great salespeople? They promote them into leadership. Could be good, <laughs> could be bad, depending on the person. For me, yep. it actually worked out extremely well, right? So awesome. Just, uh, uh, just uh, spend and spent the last last part of my career in uh, leadership, and uh, um, and, and most recently uh, uh, left uh, a consulting firm called Mercer, where benefits consulting firm were, but I was a benefits consulting firm and focused on uh, managing different teams on the health, wealth, and people side of the business. And so unbelievable corporate career, but about halfway through that career, I started investing in real estate, started in single family mm -hmm. homes. I graduated up to uh, multifamily and now the uh, it's it's been great. And like I said, I was able to uh, exit the corporate rat race uh, because of uh, the wonderful world of real estate. That is awesome. Well, we were going to get into that a little bit more too, but Jenny, I'd love to get your background as well. Absolutely. Um, so I spent, prior to my real estate experience, I spent 13 years as a, sale direct, a sales director at a company called Procter & Gamble. Um, managing just a, just a little our, company, yeah. I mean, in case anybody doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, MetLife's not too small itself, Stephen, so... Exactly. Um, yeah, well, most people, I don't assume because some people may not know, but <laughs> yeah, for, for those who don't know, we make brands like Tide, Dawn, Cascade, Gillette. Anyways, I worked there as a sales director for 13 years. Um, also started out investing just to diversify their portfolio, started with single families, like I'm sure many of your listeners, and then graduated into multifamily, um, but then left the rat race, February of 2020, uh, actually before buying a single multifamily door. Um, wow. And then within a year, personally, uh, I was able to buy over almost a thousand doors during COVID, uh, both as an LP and a GP. Um, but then Steve and I started Vertical Street together uh, in January of this year, and we're about to close on $90 million of assets in our first year together. So we're super excited to, to end the year and see what next year's going to look like. That is awesome. Well, there is so many things to unpack from both of those stories. But what I'd really like to start on is just, you know, you, you started off in this corporate environment and, and you decided to make this switch into real estate. And both of you, uh, it appears, had a very successful corporate career. And, and so Stephen and then Jenny, I'd love to hear both of your insights. You know, what 
what was that transition or, or why did that transition come about? What, what was kind of the personal or the professional reasons to say, you know what, I've had a really successful career, but let's maybe make this transition into real estate full-time. No, great, great question. I think one of the things I, you know, for growing up uh, as um, uh, growing up in um, California, Orange County, California, um, we never really focused on real estate. My dad was an engineer. I, uh, he focused a lot of his energy on just coming home, working, coming home and never Mm -hmm. investing in the stock market, investing in your 401k and really never, we never really talked about real estate. So I didn't know anything outside of just doing a great job at what I do from a corporate perspective. So whatever you just decide, whether it's real estate or uh, the corporate life, you, you really have to put 100% of your effort into that. And so that's what I did. And then by doing that, um, about halfway through my career, some, uh, a CPA and a financial planner, they said, you know, something that you probably should consider is real estate. There's some great uh, financial incentives that the government gives you to take advantage of if you invest in real estate. And so I did, and that's kind of where I kind of got the, the bug or, or kind of, the, <laughs> I don't know, I'll call it the, the golden hamster wheel and you keep going and going because <laughs> you want more and more and more. And I started with the single family homes, just like Jenny did. And we got one and then two, and then we got a fourplex and then another fourplex and it kept growing really, really hard to scale though. And so, mm-hmm. and uh, just, you know, and like a lot of us, I just happened to go to a meetup right by my house. And that meetup uh, led me into uh, uh, hiring a coach and a mentor. And I, I think that that's so important uh, in any field, whether it's corporate America or an entrepreneur, you need somebody else that can give you kind of that opportunity to kind of expand your mindset as well as expand your overall thought process. And that's what that did and said, and the coach helped me, uh, helped us invest into multifamily and still does to this day. And um, at, at that point, uh, I started to realize that uh, uh, the taxes relative to a W-2, the more you make, the more you actually pay, as opposed to if you can incorporate um, real estate professional into your lifestyle and, you know, we were fortunate that my wife was able to qualify as the real estate professional, and we were able to take advantage of a lot of the tax uh, incentives that are out there for real estate professionals and get us to a, a good spot, which allowed me right during COVID where everybody was kind of locked down at home to really take a sidestep and figure out what was important to me in terms of my, my life. I mean, in the past, I would have to take time and you know, get up at 4.30 every single morning, commute into downtown LA from Orange County, that commute would, uh, yeah. then, you know, driving back. And then I didn't leave the office until seven, eight o'clock at night. And so that became me trading my time for dollars in real estate. You know, really can actually set some of your own criteria and parameters, which I'm really excited, which kind of after sitting down with my wife, Rebecca, what was going to be best for us moving forward. And that was to exit the, the, the corporate rat race, uh, the proverbial corporate rat race, so to speak. That, that is awesome. Well, uh, one thing I have to mention in there before, before we hear from Jenny on that is that both coming from sales, uh, I, I hear a lot from the sales world specifically about taxes. And that's be, usually it comes because, and, and a lot of people don't even realize this, usually becomes a lot of their salary, a lot of their earnings is in bonuses right? You, you hit certain benchmarks, you get certain bonuses. Well, when that bonus is paid, 
the government doesn't care how big or small that bonus is. They're taking 40%, right? I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's roughly 40% is where we're at right now. And, and it just, it just gets skimmed right off the top. Right. And it's like, as a sales professional, you work so hard, you know, you get a hundred thousand dollar bonus at the end of the year. And, and all of a sudden you get your paycheck and it's like 60,000. You're like, where'd the other 40,000 go? <laughs> well, in California, there's another 10% onto that too. So you're at that 50%. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. Half right? of it's and really gone. And then you invest in your 401k and then what? So Exactly. But, and so that's, I hear that a lot in the professional world that, that for sales professionals specifically, real estate and the tax savings associated with real estate is a lot of times almost as much of an incentive as the potential earning power of real estate, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, cash flow is one thing, but you're telling me that I can maybe offset some of my, you know, kajillion dollars in taxes that I pay throughout the entire year. Uh, all right, let's, let's talk about this. But, uh, but Jenny, well, I'd love to hear your story, right? How, talk to me about that transition. What Yeah. successful career, all of a sudden you decided to go into real estate. Why? Yeah. And you're right. Cause I could talk about taxes for the next five hours. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the pivotal point really was when we got laser focused on our why. Okay. So a good friend of mine always tells me everything happens in threes. So unfortunately life circumstances happened. I'll tell you what they are. My father passed away at a young I'm age. Sorry. My kids and I were in a horrific car accident my father-in-law had lung cancer. And so we decided, you know, life is too short. We are, a, my husband and I both worked for PNG is where we met, but we were so uh, stressed out at certain points with our jobs because they were so demanding. We were, weren't spending as much time with the kids, weren't seeing our parents as often as we should. So when we got laser focused on our putting our family truly first, it became clear that we needed more passive income. And that led into investing in single families. That led to investing in multifamily and then now scaling to where we are to the point now where we're both retired from the corporate world. We're both doing this full time. So I think the pivotal point for anybody really in their lives is when they have something happens, right? Something, whether personal or business, something happens to make you stop and realize there has to be a change. Um, and for us, it was, it was family events. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. And, and you hear that story a lot. I'm, I'm sorry about uh, hearing about all of those things, but it's those kind of things, right. That really change your, uh, your perspective, right. On, on life and what's important and how you want to live it and time you want to spend doing what. And so, you know, that's, that's something that I think a lot of people, uh, relate to. I mean, that's a struggle that I think a lot of people in the business world have is trying to balance this, you know, I, I'm trying to grow a career, I'm trying to grow a business, and I'm trying to spend time with, you know, with my family, with my significant other, with the people important to me. Um, and how do I how do I do that? And how I manage that? And so I, I really, really appreciate the perspectives that, that you shared with us there. Absolutely. So kind of moving into this, right? A lot of people, and we've talked a lot about the show, right? Single family is usually where it starts. You guys are like the perfect progression, right? I, if if uh, I had a, a perfect chart and timeline of exactly what 90% of the of investors, real estate investors do, you follow that. So I'm going to skip the kind of the single family and fourplex. 
But uh, what did you start with? Did you start as a limited partner? Did you start as a general partner? Jenny, where, where did you start as you got into bigger deals? Yeah, so uh, my timeline was this. I, I left corporate America in February of 2020. Obviously, the well was very dry as COVID shut everything down, as we all know. But starting summer and into fall, things really started to ramp up. And I had used that time wisely to learn, to network, to work with Steve, who was previously my mentor. Um, we honed in on what exactly we wanted to find. And come fall, we locked down, gosh, three deals, two, three deals awesome. in, the, in, the, in the winter. In fact, we closed on two of them on the exact same day in December. So my very first deal actually as a GP was a 28 unit. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also invested in L three other LP deals in that same month from other parts of the country, just to diversify and learn those markets as well. Yep. Um, so the first deal is 28 units actively to now 252 doors a year, a year later um, on awesome. a GP deal. So it, it shows how fast you can scale in this industry. That's awesome. How, how about you, Stephen, did you, did you start, um, as a limited partner and then kind of think, Hey, it's time to move to, to general partnership. You know, that's kind of where I'm at or, or how did that limited partner, general partner, did you do them at the same time? What, what was, what was the transition or the reasoning behind that? Yeah, very much a progression too. So I, uh, you know, I signed up with, um, uh, one of those apartment investing coaches and they really helped, uh, level set and give a foundation of what you need to do to be successful. And some of the, it's all the things that Jenny just described. You know, I started by investing in uh, passive investments just as a limited partner. And then quickly, uh, in order to get to a general partner, you, you need to have some, uh, what they call key principle responsibilities, whether you're signing on a loan, you're taking on some additional responsibility and in addition, maybe raising money, right? And so uh, one of those things is that, so I, I did, I signed on like three different loans where they use some of my net worth and my, my network uh, to help raise some additional dollars and sign on Fannie and Freddie agency loans, which is a, a real uh, game changer, I would say, because once you have kind of that gold card, so to speak, of the agency gold card, it really mm -hmm. takes you to that next level. And, uh, you know, spend about a year, honestly, building up uh, as an NLP in, in the Texas marketplace. And then um, what it was is it, you know, a little bit further distance from Southern California. And so I decided to uh, take everything I learned and apply it to the Arizona marketplace. And then, boom, you show up uh, at, the, at the broker's doorsteps. The great thing is very synonymous with what I did on the, from a corporate America standpoint, right? So I was on the insurance and consulting side. You're meeting with a lot of different vendors. You're meeting with a lot of different people that want to connect with you. It's kind of in the reverse now. I'm now meeting with, uh, you know, the brokers that are out there and then kind of treating them fairly how I maybe wasn't treated as well before, right? <laughs> and so, you know, you learn some of those things and then sure enough, you come to the table well-prepared. So you come to the table with a real estate resume that has all of your multifamily portfolio that you've been building for a whole year. Some of it's key principle, some of it's limited partnerships. And you sit down with them and they're like, wow, this person actually knows what they're talking about. And then boom, one deal. Boom, that was a, uh, also a 28 unit coincidentally that the same one similar to the one Jenny uh, closed. And then after that, we did a full cash out, well, we took that one to the next level 
and uh, they gave us another off-market deal. And then now we have four or five deals with one of the largest brokers in in um, in Phoenix, Arizona. So that's awesome. the kind of the neat thing that, that comes about. And then the, the ability to take all the skill sets we've learned in corporate America, applying that from the sales to operations standpoint to uh, just managing project management really helped us deliver on all our investment too. So a lot of our first ones were a little bit more heavier lift where we uh, obviously improved the, the NOI on it and we're able to do some, some pretty good cash out refinances that uh, got all the money back to our investors uh, you know, on, on some of our initial deals. So gone f- full circle across the board on a lot of them. So that's, that's awesome. Well, that's kind of one of the next things I actually wanted to ask both of you about. And so Stephen, we'll start with you. What do you feel like are the skill sets that you learned in corporate America that, that transitioned over to real estate investing and being a general partner and finding deals? What skills do you feel like transferred over and what skills do you feel like you've had to learn uh, since becoming a general partner in, in real estate? You know, in terms of uh, skill sets, uh, you know, one of the things I, I started as a pretty technical individual, right? So I think in real estate, you do have to have some technical knowledge about what is going on. You have to have the ability to underwrite and see and know how numbers work. And uh, and then the other thing is what I always say, everybody out there can potentially underwrite, but it's building relationships. And so one of the key things, being a sales professional, uh, being in leadership, yeah, you have to know how to build close relationships with individuals. And I think that's the the game changer that sets individuals apart. And it doesn't come over time. I mean, if you ask even Jenny or myself, we, we actually started probably as introverts, right? So if I look <laughs> back on my my life and how all the personality tests are actually kind of uh, dictated, it, it, it shows me as probably leaning more towards the introverted side. And But what sales and the sales process and being a, a top sales professional does for you, it brings a lot of that uh, relationship building opportunities out, out there. So I'd say for me, those are the kind of top two things, strong technical background, coupled with sales, you're pretty much unstoppable. That's, that's awesome. I love it. And, and the relationships, I mean, I cannot talk enough about relationships. Um, someone uh, asked me on a podcast that I was on uh, just a little while ago, you know, what are like the three pieces of advice you would give to, to new investors? And I literally sat there and I said, relationships, relationships, and relationships. That's, I mean, that's, what's going to take you from point A to point B, no matter where you're at. So I love that you talk about that. And I agree. Relationship building is a skill. I think a lot of people look at it and they view it as, oh, either you're just a people person or you're not a people person, right? And it's like, some people are just natural and some people aren't and I'm not. And so I'm never going to get there. But I, I, I'm with you. Building relationships is an actual skill set that you can learn, you can improve on. Well, some people call it like when they go into rooms and say, oh, we're just going to be networking. So networking is a lot different than relationship building, right? So um, I will spend the extra quality time. And if, if it's 15, if it's 20, if it's an, another hour with that individual. And what that does, it does build additional trust. And when mm-hmm. people trust you, uh, you know, they, w- they will want to do business with you as well. Exactly. All right, Jenny, what are those skill sets for you, right? What do you feel like uh, transferred really well into this new role 
uh, or, or what did you have to learn once you got to this new role as a general partner uh, at Vertical Street? Yeah, and I agree with everything that Steve just mentioned, all those skill sets. Uh, the one thing I would add would be being a problem solver, right? So you got to be solutions focused, really in any industry, but carrying that over because in real estate, you're working with so many different partners, your investors, your broker, your property manager, your insurance um, agent, everything that comes your way will probably be some sort of problem. So how do you stay focused on a solution? but make it so that it is a win-win situation because it is based on relationships, right? You never who, know who you're gonna run across um, in the future. And I'll give you an example. Right now we are working on closing on a property and there are some major issues that has come up and out of our control on the buying side, but mm -hmm. so one, you can either get upset and throw a tantrum and, <laughs> you know, and then be difficult to work with, right? Or you can focus on the solution, keep your relationship strong and to the point where the seller and I are talking, we're like, wow, how do we do more deals in the future? Right? That is so, fantastic. So staying focused on solutions and having the right attitude is super important. Um, what I've learned, you know, I would say a lot of the, tr the skills have transferred. This industry isn't rocket science by any means. So really what you should do the first you know, on your learning plan is really learn the vernacular, the terms, get super strong on all of those definitions so that you can talk intelligently um, with the right people. So that's probably just to accelerate anyone who's learning in this industry starting out is just to make sure you understand the fundamentals. Love it. Those are, that is great, great advice. Uh, now you guys have grown a lot in a, in a really short period of time. Uh, I'd love to hear, you know, what do you, what fueled that growth, uh, in each of your opinions, Jenny, what, what do you feel like fueled the growth for your, for the meteoric rise? You know, we'd laugh about this, <laughs> this entire <laughs> year. Um, so we, you know, our goal this year as a, a year one for this company was to close on 25 million in assets and we're rounding 90 million, which is really amazing. And awesome. every quarter we keep saying, all right. I think we're going to pause now, right? We're going to pause. And then another deal. Pops up. <laughs> so I think to answer your question, what has driven this acceleration? Really, it's just because we are so passionate about this industry, right? In our sales jobs, for example, you hit your quota, you are done for the year because that is your, <laughs> that is your base for the following year, right? You don't yep. want to make it higher. Here we are just we just love what we do so much that we just want to keep going. It is not a job for us. We love talking to our investors, impacting their lives to get them on the right financial track and for them to retire whenever they want. We love improving the properties that we take over and making it a better place. And we love our team that we set up. So why would we slow down by any means? <laughs> we want to we want to go even further faster, you know. Love it. Steven, what, what do you feel like is the fuel of the fire to the growth? You know, one of the great things that corporate America does teach, uh, taught us is uh, really a lot of structure and a lot of process. And that's one thing that I'd say Jenny is awesome about. She's uh, didn't, didn't mention that, but she's great at executing on one. She's great at putting out visions and then also executing on them as well. And so that's what that the key thing. And so I would say we, you know, we as a group, we just, we meet face-to-face -face at least once a month here. 
Uh, we're on weekly meetings, just updating. And these are things that you learn from corporate America, right? They just take it right out of a corporate America sales book. And that's what we have. We have sales meeting. I guess we wouldn't call them sales meetings. A meetings every single Monday. And we walk through that for an hour and a half just to make sure everybody's on par and everybody is knowing exactly what they have to do and what are those deliverables and something that Jenny does extremely well is keeps us accountable. So we make sure we do that. Uh, just coming from that, the background of responsibilities, a lot of it, it all does start with the sale, right? So if you don't have a sale, you don't have a lot of the other things. And so we have to be cons consistently in there. So it's kind of in our blood to constantly be thinking about that and uh, exceeding that. And like Jenny said, in corporate America, once you hit your sales goal, you stop. <laughs> you completely <laughs> stop and say, or, or you sandbag and you wait and push it to the next year, right? So I never, I never sandbag. To be clear, oh, okay, you just, just stop. If okay. anybody oh, is oh, listening oh. from Procter and Gamble, oh, okay. <laughs> any any sales executives, Jenny Koo did not sandbag. She just stopped. We have it on record. She said stop. So no sandbagging here. Uh, neither did I <laughs> as well. And so I just saw other people sandbagging for the next year but yep. the reality is that's what really truly happens in corporate america so it does stifle and people take half the year off and go golfing that's why you see a lot of sales professionals that are excellent at golf because they've done such a good job of building their network and getting to that point and then the rest is there um who knows that this stuff may get edited out as well right so uh, <laughs> i just no uh, but no I, honestly it's uh, it's it's the structure it's the discipline it's getting up every single day so i get we get up early we exercise we uh do the the right things and then we know when that we can shut it off as well i think just routine repetition th those types of things help us to be super successful as we kind of kind of push towards that. And then what happens, you blow through those goals. And then because of those relationships that we built that we talked about earlier, they just keep coming to us and saying, hey, I have another opportunity. Is there an opportunity for us to, to work together and we can actually close them? We have another off market. Do you guys want this one so that we can take that on? And we just have to take, a, we always have to take an inventory every Monday. Do we have enough capacity to, to raise another eight to $10 million. And the, the answer it has typically right now been absolutely yes. So. Fantastic. Love it. Well, I'd love to kind of make a transition to getting yeah. into some of the real estate, right? You guys are, are investing in real estate, you're buying real estate. So let's start with what assets, right? What assets are you focused on? What assets do you like? Maybe even as a general partner and a limited partner, Steven, what, uh, what assets are you looking at and, and are you focused on right now? Yeah. So, so, so what we do is focus all on multifamily apartment investing and that, 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 that is it. We typically like to go for the, the B and C property where there's a mm -hmm. value add opportunity to that. And so what I mean by value add is where you can potentially add in washers and dryers. You can improve the quality of the neighborhood and then thereby increasing rents and making it a better place for individuals to stay at the same time, increase in the NOI. And so where we can do that, that's where uh, it feels good from, from the heart that you can help people out and, and provide jobs and opportunities for individuals to uh, work on the property at the same time, uh, drive, that, drive that up. You know, from a criteria standpoint, Jenny, you wanna talk a little bit about uh, criteria that we look at? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, like she mentioned, B, B minus B plus uh, properties. We love um, 
good mix. So like where we can, a good mix of ones, twos, even three bedrooms. We don't want to be heavily, too heavily reliant on one type of a floor plan. Mm -hmm. uh, we, so we're not afraid nor shy away from, but we do prefer properties that have individual HVACs and individual water heaters, individually metered. Um, yeah. That just lends itself to a better property in general. But again, we don't typically we aren't necessarily afraid of other properties that do have a boiler or chiller. Um, so those are predominantly the ones we love properties that have been, for example, owned by the same owner for 20 plus years, which just equates to a lot of upside in terms of deferred maintenance and upside in rent. Right. Um, so those are the ones we call gems, which we've actually taken over a few times, which have yielded great results for us. So in general, those are, are great. And from a location standpoint, everyone says, you know, location, location, location. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but you actually really need to double click down into the submarket down to the block because one street over makes a huge difference in income and your type of residence. So that's just a high level of a couple things we really hone in on. That's fantastic. Well, I want to dig into the location. So Jenny, where are you guys looking right now? In general, give me a high level. Yes. And then I want to know the criteria. What is it that you, Jenny and Steven are looking for when you're buying a multifamily property? But let's start high level. Give me a metro, a city. Yeah. Uh, where are you looking? Yes, absolutely. So we focus predominantly in Arizona and we're expanding into Texas. Um, and then in Arizona, we actually have properties um, all over the MSA. So Phoenix, Glendale, Mesa, uh, we have a handful in Tucson as well. Um, and when we look, we again, we look for the properties that everything I just checked off above that I mentioned. Um, and then we actually rely a ton on our property management to vet that with us. So, because they know the area even better than we mm -hmm. do. So if they say literally, Jenny, this one, I don't think you should put an offer on it because of X, Y, Z reasons. Well, we'll most likely often than not follow their advice um, down to the street, down to the neighborhood. So it's super important, again, that you build a strong relationship with that, that uh, property management company as well. Perfect. Steven, anything you want to add? Location. Uh, if you're, if you, you know, you're looking at the, the Phoenix MSA, there's a lot. Uh, people on this show probably know and understand right now that, that you know, I love Arizona. Ari Maricopa County is, is my home away from home. Uh, and so Stephen, when you're looking and you're saying, how do you, how do you differentiate between, you know, Mesa versus Goodyear or something like that? What are you looking at? Is there metrics? Is there, a, is there a specific thing that's driving your focus to an area more than anything else? You know, a lot of it has to do with the submarket too, right? So mm -hmm. you could, uh, um, uh, the submarket is, is crucial. So there's a lot of resources out there that we use and household income is important. So mm -hmm. just uh, city-data.com city gives you just general demographics and it breaks it down to every little zip code. And what that yeah. does is you could be have one property that's on one side of the zip code and the other side of the zip code, but there's some big change that's happening in there. And so the key thing is to tap into the resources that are there. The brokers know so much about that. Just, just, just those areas. And then you Absolutely. can back check all of that with uh, the, the brokers and, or the lenders, you know, some lenders won't lend, you know, West of the 17, if it's West of the 17, they will not lend there slightly West of it and some will. And so it just depends on <laughs> what your temperature is. 
uh, across the board. So I would say, like you said, all of Maricopa could work. And then as you drill it down to the zip code, you find out what that average household income is. And if it's enough to support the rents that are appropriate for you, then I say, take, take a chance and go after it. Let's take a look at our first opportunity that I ever did in, in Arizona. A lot of people said, why in the world would you go onto that street? Now I look at that street just two years later, that everything has changed across the board. We, everybody should have just bought, the, we should have bought the whole entire street. I had, the opportunity, <laughs> I had the opportunity to do that, but you get kind of nervous because if you looked at all the data, the data says the income is too low, yet everything has shifted. And so I think sometimes there's just waves that kind of come through and a lot of it has to come with some intuition, knowing Agreed. the marketplace, knowing that you can trust and rely on your brokers to give you the, you know, there's salespeople out there too. They have quotas. They need to meet those. And so, you, you know, you got to kind of uh, weed in between what is true and what is not. Oh yeah. You'll hear one day. Oh yeah. It, it only has a boiler. It's actually going to be fine. And you'll be able to push rents there, you know, or, or this one has uh, uh, no deferred maintenance yet. There's quite a bit of deferred maintenance. So <laughs> I think one of the key things uh, wherever the area that you do decide on is, uh, you know, have a, do the do due diligence and, you know, from a due diligence standpoint, we do a really um, solid job around some of that. Happy to get into some of those details as well. So. No, I, I have loved the conversation. I love drilling down into the location and the reasoning why the, the asset, everything like that. I mean, uh, this is, you, you're speaking my language right now. Uh, multifamily, right? We're, I'm a, I'm, we're development. Everybody knows we do development. That's our thing. But multifamily, Arizona, uh, we're all about that. So that is that is fantastic. And I love you hearing I love hearing you say some of the markets that you're in, because um, those are very, very good markets. And so anybody who's listening, the things that you're hearing um, from Jenny and Steven, I mean, one of the things that, that I get asked constantly, well, where should I invest? Right. And, and the answer is, well, there's a lot of different places to invest, right? And some people choose to get really analytical. Some people choose to go completely off of intuition. But Stephen and Jenny have given us some great advice, right? And, and one of the best pieces of advice I think they've given us is, hey, listen to the people who are around you and who know. You don't have to make the decision alone, right? You can rely not only on yourself and the data that you receive, but you can also rely on, uh, like, for example, I do a feasibility study. I always get feasibility studies. I have to for my developments, right? I rely on a feasibility study to help me or property manager or broker, right? And, and as you start gathering all of these different sources, all these different informations about locations, all of a sudden pictures can start to become clear, right? Because it's not just a one-off thing with you're talking to one person who's talking about one street, right? If you have three or four uh, collective uh, conversations with people about a specific area, uh, chances are they're all going to feel similar or not similar about, about that area and about that situation. If you got four out of four, they're like, this is a home run slam dunk. Absolutely do it. You can go in feeling a little more confident about your decision, especially when you're just getting started, right? That's why a lot of people start off as LPs even, right? As limited partners is because then they don't have to necessarily choose the location. They can rely on a full-time sponsor who is looking at the market day in and day out to choose those locations for them. So great, great stuff. Um, we got 
two final questions for each of you as we kind of wrap this up. Uh, we'll start with Jenny. All right, Jenny. We want to hear what is the best business advice you were ever given? So I would say in, in any career of mine, not just real estate, I was always told to find a good mentor. Okay. And the reason I say that and what I found had 100% to be true is that you can absolutely do what you plan to do yourself. Okay. Could I have done what I've done in the last year and acquired, you know, almost 1600 doors in, in 18 months? Absolutely. Without a mentor though, without Steve, who was my first mentor in this business, it probably would have taken me twice as long. Right. But having a mentor that has the same values, the same interests um, as you do, will only help you accelerate that journey so much more. And so find the right person to help guide you um, and add value to them, not just be a, you know, a time sucker <laughs> and a drain, but add strong value to them as well. And that can only be a win-win situation. So found myself mentors, multiple mentors at PNG, and found myself multiple mentors um, in real estate as well. So that was super important for me to accelerate this journey. Fantastic. Well, and Jenny, what real estate investing advice would you give other business owners or business executives? So I would say find your why. I touched on this earlier, okay? And, and the reason why that's so important is because without a strong vision for yourself and your family, you're not going to be very clear on why you're doing what you're doing. You're just going to stay in this corporate rat race. And you know what? Maybe some of your listeners do love their current job, do enjoy what they're doing, and that is awesome. But what if you could plan for generational wealth for your kids and their kids, your grandkids? What if you could um, you know, offset some of those taxes that you've worked so hard to, you know, your income you worked so hard to generate? So Find your, your why and then get clear on how you get there. And if it's real estate, like, like we are doing, just make it happen. Take that first step and then it'll just snowball after that. You know, I feel like we're going to have to put in the show notes somewhere a link to start with why uh, the book so that everybody can go take what Jenny's saying and, and uh, read it and put it to practice because it is a fantastic concept. Uh, that I completely agree with. Thank you, Jenny. All right, Stephen, what is the best business advice you were ever given? Yeah, as I was, as I was climbing up the corporate ladder, and actually it ties back when I was uh, uh, a sales exec in uh, at MetLife, and one of the things that one of my mentors actually mentioned it to me is said, nothing bad ever happens when you're in front of your clients, and so and then the clients, and that could be customers, and if you're in front of, and that, that's your brokers, that's your lenders. And if you're in front of them and you're top of mind, uh, not annoying them, but you're top of mind, great things are going to happen. And, and we definitely see that. So we, I just kind of always think about that uh, every single time I'm, I'm out in market. And sometimes it, it's draining. It is sometimes tiring, right? But uh, always, every time we're, whether it's on Zoom, whether it's on the phone, uh, Jenny and I can see great things happening every single time we have a conversation with somebody. And so I'd say, take that time and build that relationship with people. And that, 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 that's a, a pretty good, some, some good advice that was given down to me that I'd love to pass to all your listeners as well. Fantastic. I love it. That is great, great advice. And it's time consuming. Like you have, that is something that you have to be willing 
to spend the time to do. I mean, I remember uh, it just the other day, we just hired a new employee. We went and we were meeting with, with potential lenders. And the meeting took, I think, an hour and 45 minutes. And, and one of my new employees was kind of like, oh, man, this is, I got a lot to do. Like, I can't spend an hour and 45 minutes meeting with potential people. And I had to kind of take them aside and say, look, here's the thing that you have to understand about real estate, especially real estate's a little old school and it is a relationship business. And one good relationship can accelerate you, you know, faster than spending an infinite amount of time working on whatever you're working on by yourself, right? And you have to understand that those relationships are that important. And it was kind of like the light bulb went on, right? That's why we spend an hour and 45 minutes talking with potential lenders, because that is building that relationship that you need to have in this business, especially. Uh, all right, Stephen, what real estate investing advice would you give other business owners and business executives? It, it all starts with education, right? Especially in real estate. So I think you just mentioned it. You have a firm foundation around education and you understand how, how real estate works and some of the details. And real estate is wide open. So there's so many different angles that you can talk about, but really focus in and hone in on what's important, whether it's development or whether it's a rehabbing existing multifamily apartments, you kind of fo focus on that niche and it is completely different, right? So if we had a conversation, we could talk about it, but I don't know that much about development. And, uh, and likewise, a lot of people don't know that much about uh, buying existing apartments. They think it's impossible. So I'd say create and surround yourself around the individuals that can help you. As Tony Robbins always sa says, success leaves clues. So you might as well circle yourself around those people that have done it before and educate yourself with some type of program and it can get you to that next level. Love it. Well, Jenny, we're going to let you take us home. How can people reach you? Sure. You guys can find us on our website. It's verticalstreetventures.com. And we are on all the social media, media handles, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, et cetera. So you can find us there. Set up time with us. Steve and I, hopefully you guys can see we're passionate about talking about real estate. So set up time with us. We'll, we'll love to chat and connect with you. Fantastic. And we will make sure that all of those social media handles, the website, everything gets up in the show notes. Uh, so don't worry if you didn't catch that. Or if you're watching the YouTube, you'll see they have their email and a phone number right on. So if you're listening and you're saying, hey, I got to call Jenny or I got to call Steven, get off your iPhone or your, uh, your phone, go get on the computer. I guess you can do it from both. What am I living 10 years ago? Get, <laughs> get off your podcast app, move to YouTube, watch it, scroll to the end. You can see they have their phone number, their emails right on there. Well, Jenny, Steven, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having us, Michael. Michael. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Executive Real Estate Investing Show. Ready to learn more? Go to executivereishow.com for more episodes and resources to help you create generational wealth through real estate investing. That's executivereishow.com.